LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts, Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Well, actually, we only have me tonight, um, and I think I'm at the wrong... Uh, how's this one? Here we go. All right. So, um, so you only have me tonight, Dan Burns, and this is uh, June twenty second, I believe, Wednesday. Um, and you're listening to Closets Over Clothes. And, uh, Greg was not, not able to uh, be with us tonight, and Meredith has flown to New York, and um, uh, Christy is out camping. So you've you've got me tonight. So, um, but we do have some guests that are going to be coming in this evening. Uh, we we have Jeremy from the Washington Rainbow Action Project, and we're going to be probably playing a lot of um, various music uh, through the evening tonight, uh, between at least between six and seven, at least. Um, and so, but one of the things I wanted to kind of start off with was talking about uh, the Canadian Parliament is considering uh, um, adding transsexuals to the human rights law, and just learning, you know, from the Canadians once again that um, extending their human rights law is not going to really take away any rights from other folks. Uh, but let me, t- uh, this came out uh, yesterday uh, uh, from Ottawa. Legislation, legislation has been introduced in Canada's House of Commons to include the transgendered in the county's uh, excuse me, in the country's Human Rights Act. Although some provinces already have provided protection uh, uh, but a federal law, federal legislation does not. And I believe actually Ontario is uh, believed to have the largest trans community in Canada. Uh, so right even next door here. Uh, gays were added to the Canadian Human Rights um, Act in 1994. So they've already had uh, gay rights at the federal um uh, for the Federal H- Human Rights Act in Canada for over 12 years now, and now, and yet uh, the United States, being as progressive as we are, have not uh, quite done so. Uh, the bill would add gender identity or expression to the list of prohibited grounds for discrimination in in the act. The bill is essential as it addresses the lack of explicit protection for transsexual and transgender people in the Canadian Human Rights Act, said the openly gay um, Sixa. Uh, his last name, it's S-I-K. A-S-A-Y. So it might be 6A. It's Bill 6A um, who is introducing the bill. Um, and the transgender, he continues to say, the transgender and transsexual people are often victims of violence and face discrimination on a daily basis. This is an unacceptable and the inequality of protection of trans people must be immediately addressed by Canadian laws. Uh, and he goes on to, um, there's also about the human rights is not, um, a limited size blanket. When scra- when st- stretched to cover additional people, it becomes stronger, not weaker, said, um, Gail, exec- Gail's executive director, um, Gillis Marchildren. Uh, Gail apparently is a, um, equal, uh, Canada's National LGBT uh, Civil Rights Organization. Uh, the currently trans identified people um, have to fit themselves into or within existing grounds which are not necessarily applicable when they have suffered from dis- discrimination. Now, this is an opportunity for the federal government to end the exclusion of trans people and provide needed protection. Private member bills seldom pass, well, they say seldom pass, but um, that have been uh, more notable exceptions. 
and they go on to talk about how the uh, other bills um, have been actually introduced similar to this one that have been very successful. And I like the thought, thought that they actually stated that, um, and I'll quote again, human rights is not a limited size blanket. When stretched uh, to cover the addition, uh, additional people, it becomes stronger, not weaker. And then it's one of the things that I've always had in conversations with friends is that, you know, that we're not always fighting over the pie. When we're fighting over a piece of the pie, it's not that the pie, um, and when we're fighting over that specific piece, the pie is not necessarily, from my understanding, is not is not just a limited size. That if we have to take away rights from other people to make sure that we give rights to others, it, it just basically the pie gets is bigger, um, and which provides more um, in our various slices of the pie in human rights. And so I thought it was really uh, humbled, or, or that they that they have a community or um, a societal consensus um, or group thought that. You know what? Everybody belongs to our community and everybody is, is a part of this community and should be able to, um, uh, should be able to have the human rights, um, despite other folks, like for instance, um, in a situation with the Knights of Columbus in Canada, uh, former Iraq hostage charges Catholic group, um, closed kids camp because he's gay. Um, this is, this is from Toronto, Ontario, and this was a news article that came off of the 365gay.com yesterday. Uh, James Loney, an, uh, um, an aid worker kidnapped in Iraq and held for, uh, for four months by insurgents is accusing the Knights of Columbus of closing a youth camp, which is associated because, because he is associated, um, because he is gay. At a Toronto news conference Tuesday, Loney said that when his sex, sexuality beca- became known after his release, the Catholic group decided to end its funding uh, of the camp. According to Loney, the, uh, it says Key, uh, excuse me, it says KC, so Knights of Columbus became um, concerned the camp would be used to promote gay issues. The decision by the Ontario branch of the Knights of Columbus was made within days of Loney's return to Canada and the heavily publicized airport reunion with his same-sex partner, uh, he said, and wanted to emphasize, surrounded at the news conference by supporters, Loney said they decided to go public because we care about the church, we care about the young people, and we care about the kind of church we are uh, they are that these kids are going are coming to coming into, um, and the fact that he he actually went public with this and said, you know what, I really didn't. It's not that they they are firing me because of who I am, but but also that they're taking by firing him, they're taking away a whole program that is serving kids that uh, it is it has been so helpful um, in in these with these with these kids. Um, and the fact that he was saying that we care about the church, that he cares about the church, that he cares about the, what his belief is and, and, uh, and, and, and what his religion is. Um, and we care about young people and we care about the kind of church they are coming into and, and a church of acceptance. And, and I think that's what, uh, the, um, what Jesus had, had stated was that this is that uh, to love your your neighbor as you, as yourself, um, and I think that's what he was trying to get across, rather than than being divisive and separatist and and um, unaccepting of who people are. Uh, this is a litmus test for us, Loney told reporters. We love God as much as as one. As the one we love the least, uh, which I thought was very interesting. We love God as much as one we love the least. And that's what we've been trying to, to be about as a leadership camp. We want the teasing and the bullying and the trans, excuse me, and the har- harassment. 
that comes with homophobia to stop. We want the teenage suicide and self-loathing of the closet to stop. Um, while he was being held by insurgents uh, in Iraq, Loney's family kept his sexual orientation quiet um, out of fear of his safety. He and a group of other prisoners were freed by coalition forces. When he returned to Canada, his partner, Dan Hunt, was at the airport to greet him. Loney was in Iraq as a member of the pacifist group Christian Peacemakers. Uh, The Knights of Columbus denied Loney for his sexuality um, had deny that his sexuality, the lonely sexuality had anything to do with the closing of the camp. In an interview with the Toronto Star Knight of Columbus official, um, Jack Clancy said Loney's allegations were out of left field. Uh, we, um, and probably that's true. They were probably out of left field, especially if they're being very rightist. But anyway, that's another story. Um, and we closed, uh, and Jack Clancy goes on to say, we closed down the leadership camp because we needed to review the way we are going uh, and the curriculum that we were t- teaching, Clancy told the star. But the Knights of Columbus have a long history of opposing LGBT civil rights, most recently on the issue of same-sex marriage. And it goes on, the story goes on to actually say that in the United States, the Knights of Columbus have been heavily involved in supporting constitutional amendments to ban gay marriage, both at the state and national level. So this is not something that would be uncharacteristic of them. Something that would be, um, I guess, out of left field for them to be firing a, um, firing someone who was gay that was in their, uh, that was, that was in their staffing. And, and, and what are they worried about? Like, and what kind of leaders that they're worried about? What kind of leaders they are, they are developing? And wouldn't you think that that would be the, 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 a leader of, of, of diversity, a leader of acceptance? And, and I mean, I, I remember that even in the civil rights, now I'm not really this old, but in the civil rights, wasn't it the, the religious community that was out there in the community, out there and fighting the civil rights? Uh, for, for others and fighting for diversity and, and acceptance of, of people's differences. And so to see that the Catholic Church, especially the Knights of Columbus, are are fighting um, or, or trying to defend their, I don't know, their narrow idea, I guess, not something that's very... Uh, um, very open and so i just thought that was kind of an interesting um an interesting view that they they had taken and um that that he is actually going to be honored at a at a dinner that they had the toronto's lgbt community are putting on um and it's called the fearless award and at this posh uh, fundraising gala benefit um at pride in toronto um, but there's also some other news about th- that as well, that here in the States, um, in fact, locally here in Michigan, um, at, at Burt Lake, uh, that we, if you guys remember, probably about a month or two ago or a month and a half ago, we were talking to Dave Garcia, who works at the Ann Arbor Y. And he was talking about he was putting together a youth camp that was sponsored by uh, the well, actually they were bringing folks from the Ruth Ellis Center um, to one of the to Camp Algonquin, I believe it was, uh, to and and uh, the Rowan Foundation was actually um, paying for the for the kids from Ruth Ellis Center to go to one of the to Algonquin, which is a, a Y campground, and they were having all kinds of different like planning issues and 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 concerned about like okay now we normally keep the boys away from the girls so that there is no 
um, relations, if you will. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's true. Molly is whispering to me as a panky panky. Oh, I didn't even hear. Uh, I didn't come over mine, but that's okay. So the uh, um, it probably went on the airwaves, and people are laughing uh, profusely, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so anyway, so there's uh, there's some news that came out recently, and it was in the Between the Lines newspaper, uh, direct from Burt Lake. Uh, they thought they thought they were going in order to have fun in the woods. <laughs> and to be sure, fun was had. Campfire stories, canoeing, fire building, and at least one uh, a panty raid. Dun, dun, dun. In addition to ha- to the fun, though, the camp- campers and staff at the first YMCA-sponsored camp for youth, served by Detroit's uh, Ruth Ellis Center, enjoyed the gift of experiencing a whole different world. Uh, and this happened over Memorial Day weekend. Uh, there was 22 t- uh, teens. And 12 staff members went up north to Camp Algonquin, courtesy of the Anaro YMCA and the Wise Strong Kids Campaign. So if you made any do- donations to the Wise the Wise Strong Kids Campaign, this was that you helped definitely some um, inner city students or inner city kids. Uh, the Y counselors who made up, and this is one of the things that was interesting to me about that. Not only did the the folks from the Ruth Ellis Center learned some things, but also the camp counselors learned a few things. The Y counselors um, who made up part of the camp uh, staff had their eyes open on Friday night when they spent the night at the Ruth Ellis Center in Highland Park before leaving the camp uh, the following Saturday. Quote, that was a bit of a culture shock for our for our Ann Arborites, including myself, Garcia said, of the night in the Highland Park. We were feeling outside of our comfort zone and a little nervous. We didn't feel real safe. So this is some stuff that, you know, you, you're here out in Ann Arbor, you're feeling really comfortable, there's Washtenaw County, um, and you have all these laws protecting you, and you have these great people that live nearby, and um, now why are you rolling your eyes there, Molly? But anyway, um, and, uh, um, and here these folks go to Highland Park, just just an hour, less than an hour away, and suddenly we are afraid. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Um, and uh, but the, but then he goes on to say that the experience, though, was the beginning of a new understanding between the Ann Arbor staff and the Ruth Ellis youth. He goes on to say, as I talked to the kids that night and they told me how scared they were to go up to the woods, I told them they were never going to be more safe than in than at a Y camp. And I started to realize that that what we are feeling that Friday night was exactly what they were scared of, leaving their comfort zone, Garcia said. Now, there's also Cynthia North, who's from the Ruth Ellis Setters Volunteer Coordinator. So, Cynthia North, it says, um, she said that the sleepover was an absolute hoot. We, we danced until the wee hours of the morning. The staff from the Y was excellent. They were open and generous and silly and really, really good at being organized, which was really good for the kids. Uh, the kids ended up falling in love with them. According to North and Garcia, the campers mo- uh, most, if not all, of whom had never been in the woods before, all also learned to appreciate a whole new world during the trip um, and the camp. After arriving at camp, they became kids, said North, uh, who's, from, who's the volunteer coordinator at the Ruth Ellis Center. Um, who arranged an age? Uh, oh, the campers arranged arranged from ages uh, sixteen to twenty. All that behavior that you you see from twelve and thirteen years old came out because they'd 
never done 12 and 13 before, which I thought was just, I mean, I was just astounded. I was like, oh, my gosh, do I have to be a kid? Um, but dealing with all these big issues. And... Um, and so one of the things that they did, they had on their, they were chasing minnows, um, around the lake. I mean, I, and I was just trying to picture that of just never being able to do that. Or, um, they were scared of, because of it. They might encounter some snakes or spiders. Now, wait a minute. You're not going to tell me that they've never engaged with spiders, um, in their homes or anything like that. I'll tell you, this is like, I, I was, I, I was stunned. And, um, but then there was, um then but then I thought then there was like also um how to build a fire without gasoline. Garcia was talking about how he um um how and how there was just about he was teaching one of the kids how to how to build a fire and she was just amazed at the fact that you can build a fire without gasoline that you, there there are ways of doing that and 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 then she was so proud that as people were entering the campfire site she was able to say that she had done that and she was really um, proud of herself. And I thought that was like, what a great skill to have. And then of course at 2.30 a.m. they had a panty raid, which I thought was hysterical that they were, they, just to, to be able to run and steal your neighbor's underwear. I mean, and, and of course they got in big trouble for, for, you know, breaking the, the rules and stuff. But I think they probably giggle, they're going to giggle about that for a long time. But then there was Mike Fitzsimmons, dun, 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 the vice president of the Ann Arbor Y, likened the impact of the camp to an earthquake. Fitzsimmons said that he went up to the camp for a visit and to support his staff. As I was reluctantly driving home before the end, it began to be a reminder of the work that we do, the work we can, we can do, and the work we should do with the kids in, the, in this age group. Fitzsimmons said he would support repeating the camp next year, which I think is wonderful, and I think that that's why people should be looking up the Rowan Foundation and the um, uh, the Wise Strong the, the YMCA's, which is called the Wise Strong Kids Campaign, and donating to the, that organization to have these kids do this again. Um, no matter um, how big next year's camp is. Uh, the campers will be br- bringing a cooler of meat. Now there was a problem. Could bring a cooler of meat to supplement the camp's vegetarian menu. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, that would be a big change. Not only have to deal with the world and all the woods and things, but then to have to deal with a vegetarian menu, that was probably something. Um, and the kids learned that there was also many other things than dancing on the corner of Six Mile and Woodward. And I thought, well, what a wonderful thing. I mean, the, what a wonderful opportunity. I love going camping, and I think I've talked about it many times on this show. And and I just how now the Knights of Columbus, the Canadian Knights of Columbus, is firing, um, uh, what's his name, uh, James Loney, for actually providing what a, an opportunity for kids to be able to get out and have leadership skills and feel wonderful about themselves and know that there's an alternative to what they're experiencing. And just realizing that there are other people who need people. Travel single, oh, maybe we're lucky. 
lucky, but I don't know. With them, just let one kid fall down and seven mothers faint. I guess we're both happy, but maybe we ain't. People who need people are the luckiest people in the world. We're children needing other children. Okay, so yeah, so people who need people. And speaking of which, I needed Jeremy. Jeremy has joined me. And poof, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> Play a little Barbara Streisand, and Jeremy just shows up. I'll tell here you. Here I am. <laughs> I thank you. Our listeners thank you. <laughs> oh, it's not so, so bad. Oh, good, good. Well, so I don't know if you were if you were in your car at the time, but um, we were we were talking about where um, David Garcia was teaching one of the campers about fires, right? And I thought that would be a great lead into what happened in Chicago recently, which I was really see. I'm good. I'm you making these links. Um, it's not in the order they actually put them in, but that's how it <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Is that um, Chicago police upgrade upgrade gay book arson to possible hate crime? Dun dun hmm. dun. Um, <laughs> Um, in Chicago, Illinois, after after a week of 
uh, prodding and criticism by Chicago's LGBT community. The police and fire department say the burning of about 100 uh, gay-themed books at a local library is being investigated as a possible hate crime. Hmm. Right now, we're looking at both avenues. We're, it's definitely an arson, and it may be a hate crime. Police, uh, police bomb and arson commander um, Edward O'Donnell s- said Tuesday, but he con- concedes there are few leads in the case. O'Donnell called on the public for help in tracking down these those responsible. The announcement was made just. Um, an hour before, Mayor Richard Daly uh, was to hold his annual Pride reception. What a coincidence. Uh, the volumes were destroyed in the blaze um, on the second floor of the Chicago Public Library branch in the heavily gay East Lakeview neighborhood. Um, the LGBT sec- uh, section contains about 1,000 books. The fire was set over 10 days excuse me was set over 10 days before Chicago holds its LGBT pride parade and a week after the Senate rejects uh, rejected a proposed constitutional amendment to a, a bar same sex uh, to bar same sex marriage as well this summer Chicago will host the gay games while officials were reluctant at first to call the fire a hate crime Rick Garcia those Garcias, they are just Perfect. in the news. Um, public policy. I really didn't realize it until I read it again. Um, public policy uh, director of Equality Illinois said that he had little doubt about the motivation. And this was not only an attack on, on the gay community, but an attack on every decent, fair-minded Chicagoan. Garcia told, um, and I got this off of 365gay.com, the morning after the blaze, anti-gay activist Trey... Uh, trade on, okay, I see, anti-gay activists um, rely on lies about gay people and our, our families. Uh, books and information are the first thing they want to target. Library officials say the books will be replaced, some editions are out of print, and librarians are attempting to reach the authors to hunt down replacement books. And huh. I thought, well, you know what, this is like... And people are saying, oh, we don't really need any more um, legislation on gay rights or or legislation on um, tolerance and diversity. And, right. you know, that, oh, we need to get rid of – I mean, now we're hearing about affirmative action might right. be coming onto the ballot. And it's just like, you know, what – you know, with these things happening where they're burning books, I mean, we're going back to the 19, early 1900s again. Right. I mean, I was actually surprised that they actually did. From what I'm reading here, or what I was reading, it actually happened in the library. It wasn't one of those yeah, things I was where just they. Yeah, going to say it sounds like it was actually like on the shelves, starting fires. Yes, kind of thing. exactly. In fact, one one of the they were saying where uh, the book burning, but we were uh, we were disgusted by this book burning, but we were not surprised uh, when the president of the United States. Oh, when the president of the United States uses his office to attack gay Americans and our families, and when anti-gay extremists continue to spread. Um, a hate toward gays and lesbians, people, uh, gay, gay, gay and lesbian people. It is no wonder that there is an, uh, there are attacks on us. Our institutions are on, uh, or on books about us. And I thought I had read <coughs> that they thought it was actually started by a, um, just a regular cigarette lighter that someone hmm. just went right over there and, uh, and, and used a, a regular lighter. And a hundred books were destroyed? A hundred bu- hundred gay themed books. They were and, destroyed by f- the fire or yeah. like the extinguishers and. Yeah, well, probably both. 
yeah. probably the, the 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 fire itself, and then to be able to put out the fire, um, the the water that comes down from right, that. Right. And 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 I was reading like, wow, and I'm trying to learn a little bit more about this, and I was just getting the same story, the same quotes. So I went outside of the gay media, dun dun dun, and um, <laughs> outside of our community to kind of see if I get a fuller story. <laughs> and I read this little line. About ten books in the America, the African American literature section were also destroyed, but that was never huh. mentioned in any of the gay press. Interesting. And, and I'm like, oh, so here we are once again in the gay community. And Jeremy, you and I have had this discussion over and over and over about right, right. what do we do in the community about this because it it's not a one um, issue. Um, the, the, thing. People, the people who are discriminating against gays and lesbians and bisexual and transgender people are also discriminating against other races. Yes. It's not yes. always in conjunction with, but it tends to be because yes. they're very closed-minded people and they don't like anybody but themselves. Right. Exactly. And like, and they have to be with like-minded and right. and like thought and 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 really have a real sense of in of intolerance mm-hmm. toward toward anyone who's different. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. And 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 how to, to to reach these folks? I mean, that's the part that always frustrates me. Of how do we actually go and and try to have a conversation with these folks? And I've actually tried the what we the, the something that the um, uh, the American Friends Service Committee has had does training on a regular basis is on uh, the Laura. Um, Method, which is basically listen, affirm, respond, and then oh, add. Right, right. And they talk about where you, where we actually, I guess this isn't working, but um, where, because I can't see Molly, so I was trying to get it so that uh, <laughs> I can actually see Molly, yay! Um, who is doing a wonderful job engineering our show, filling in for us last minute, and um, I really appreciate that, Molly. Um, You've got good. all kinds of. Villains today. I do, I do. I'll tell you. Um, what do I do? Not take. Sh- I mean, I guess I should start taking showers again. I mean, <laughs> so. well, and you're still doing the show in the nude. So, well, yeah, that's. True. I mean, that hasn't changed, so it couldn't be that. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was just gonna say, you, if you put your clothes back on, then that's why they left. Oh, but now I understand. Now I completely understand the uh, the issue of. Um, Oh, that people are leaving me because it's just um, no, because you haven't put your clothes back on, so that's what I was saying. And so, yeah, I mean that—that that oh, isn't it. Oh, that's not it because you're still in the nude. I'm so. still in the nude, oh, and you still showed up. I'm so happy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying, Dan. That it has nothing to do with that because you haven't changed that aspect. Oh man, but I thought that's the most beautiful part. I mean, well, it is. I feel so that's much why they're here. That I'm not. I don't understand why they're not here then. <laughs> That well, I just you know I feel that you know clothes represent that that uh, societal pressure of I covering agree. of up who I am. And, That's right, and what I'm about, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and um and I'm and and I guess I thought when other people I was helping to encourage other people to be more free with who they are. And I don't think you're getting what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm I'm hoping did it work. Play it. play it, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, and and hoping that, uh, um, but maybe this will be actually maybe if I just take the wisdom from South Pacific, and and <laughs> um, and listen to these 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 inspirational words. 
<laughs> I hear some music. I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair and send him on his way. I'm going to wave that man right out of my arms. I'm going to wave that man right out of my arms. I'm going to wave that man right out of my arms and send him on his way. Don't try to patch it up. Tear it up, tear it up. Wash him out, dry him out. Push him out, fly him out. Cancel him and let him go. Yay, sister. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair. I'm gonna wash that man right out of her hair. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair and send him on his way. If the man don't understand you, if you fly on separate beams, waste no time. Make a change, ride that man right off your range. Rub him out of the roll call and drum him out of your dreams. If you laugh at different comics, if you root for different teams, waste no time, weep no more. Show him what the door is for. Rub him out of the roll call and drum him out of your dreams. Oh no. Wash that man right out of my hair. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair. I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair and send him on his way. I'm gonna wave that man right out of my arms. I'm gonna wave that man right out of my arms. I'm gonna wave that man right out of my arms and send him on his way. Don't try to patch it up. Tear it up. Tear it up. Wash him out. Dry him out. Push him out, fly him out. Cancel him and let him go. Hey, sister. I went and washed that man right out of my hair. She went and washed that man right out of her hair. I went and washed that man right out of my hair. And sent him on his way. So yes, but I just and I just wish I could just wash those radical right uh, folks that are just very intolerant and 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 so negative. I mean, the thing is, just they're so negative. So I just really felt that one of the things that I'm going to really switch. So that's why I was really happy that um, uh, James Loney stood up, used the media to say, "Look, this is just not tolerable," and he is actually being rewarded because he is going to be. Um, uh, given the Fearless Award from the Toronto LGBT community and honored at a very um, a posh fundraising gala uh, to, ven- to, to um, uh, benefit the Pride Toronto. But we have in Detroit our own we gala. Do. We do. <laughs> and it's the 21st. <gasps> is it really? Yes, it is. Holy yeah. moly. We've been Man. doing it for a while. Yes. And um, and so we have some folks that are going to be there. It's tom- actually tomorrow that on Thursday, uh, June 22nd, um, at the Ukrainian Cultural Center over in Warren, Michigan. Um, it's just right off of Ryan Road. And they're going to be um, uh, honoring, um, and they, as in the 21st Annual Pride Banquet and Award Ceremony, um, which is in collaboration with the efforts between Affirmations, uh, Lesbian Gay Community Center, the Black Pride Society, Midwest AIDS Prevention Project, the Ruth Ellis Center, and Triangle Foundation. 
Foundation are all going to be um, giving many, many. I mean, there is a huge list here yeah, of awards. It's very long. Um, and they do everything from the business award, which they're giving to Paramount, to the Paramount Bank. Um, there's the cultural award giving to our our favorite, Craig Covey. <laughs> and um, um, there's also the Lifetime Achievement Award given to Joseph James, which I don't know Joseph James, so he must have done something um, quite amazing. And um, uh, there's the... Um, now, we have actually won the Media Award, um, Closet Supper Clothes, so, which makes us the award-winning show. <laughs> um, and, our award-winning. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if this one particularly yeah. will be the highest one on the list, but... Um, but Amani Williams is getting the the media award, which I think is absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's well deserved. Um, there is also the Rising Star Award, which is going to be given to um, Chad Grandy. Um, the Spirit of Det- Detroit Award is going to be given to four di- different individuals. There's uh, Kimia Afi Ayadil. I guess is how you say her Ayadil. Um, she's from Affirmations. There's uh, Tito Get- uh, Gutierrez. Grace McClelland and Suzanne Waite, who are going to be getting it. Uh, the Unity Ward, I, I know this person very well, but Reverend Mark, not really, really well, but just I just know the, of the person. Um, Reverend Mark Bidwell. Uh, the Volunteer Award, George Westerman. And then there's various Community Services Award that um, that they have given to folks, and um, they have been given to several people here in Ann Arbor. Um, but one of the people that's getting it this year um, is our very own Nicole Ailman, who yes. works at the HIV and AIDS Resource Center um, here in Washtenaw County. So it's just, it's definitely worth going to. It's great food. I've never been disappointed with the Ukrainian cultural um, center. Uh, they, and they also serve it family style, which oh. is very interesting where you you really, it's kind of a buffet style, but at your own table. Right. right. Um, so I really, I, it, it's, it's always really great food. And the, it, it's actually kind of funny because the, the wait staff have this like gazed look at them like I can't believe you know like this is what gay people look like and this is what they look like all dressed <laughs> up exactly you know but at the same time they are a ton of fun they're really wonderful they're just they I have not experienced any type of hostility from them and um, yeah, don't even try it Molly and um, and so it's just it's just they really just open up there's their place and let us come in and there's some entertainment and there's some a program and definitely the infamous award ceremony so there's so we already know some of the award winners, but it's definitely put on by, and you know, and there is a cost to it. You can find out more information from the Midwest AIDS Prevention Project, um, which is MAP, and their phone number for tickets you can get at two four eight. 545-1435. That's 248-545-1435. And you can get definitely more information. But there are definitely other Pride events that are happening. Um, yeah, um, Lansing Pride is coming up. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, and that's uh, this coming weekend. That is, the 23rd and 24th. Yeah. And they have... And it actually goes through the whole weekend, doesn't it? Yes. It's, well, it does. There is... I think there's a... Um, there's an unofficial event that actually happens on Sunday. Um... But I'm not really sure if that is, so I'm not going to really mention it and then embarrass myself and find out that it's in August. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, so it definitely starts off on Friday night with a comedy, uh, a comedy show. And the effort, speaking of affirmations, Leslie Ann Thompson, uh, she will be, uh, one of the comedians, uh, um, up there. There's also Crystal P and Phoenicia Banks and Dan DeCapua. I don't know who he is. But anyway, um, um, there's two shows, 8 and 10. Um, but there's lots of stuff that's going on on Saturday. Yeah. Um, 
there's the um the the march of course dun, dun, dun. yes of <laughs> course yes and they have that that i think they start they start lining up at noon this says um to to march in lansing uh-huh yeah have you do you go yes i do it, it, it is for me a really a big family event it's just one mm-hmm. of those things where i see people i haven't seen for like ever right um right. and and so it's really wonderful just to see especially when they're expecting like fifteen thousand people to this thing really so um i, I i'm really glad to hear that that's still um a, a large event yeah it still goes strong yes um actually the mar- the march actually starts at one but the lineup is really fun too. Oh yes, walking up and down the sidewalk and just saying, "Oh hey, I know you." And, yeah, 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 or oh yeah, but I forgot your name. Anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's other things that are happening besides the march. Um, I believe there's oh, also the capital, the commitment ceremony, mm-hmm. and um, that's at two thirty on the steps. Oh, so after the rally. After the happens. rally. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, I see. So the march starts around like one, and then when everybody pretty much gets there, they do the rally. Right. Right. Uh, and then the ceremony. Yeah, and the rally is right after everybody is there. Okay. So marching. they don't wait for the... Because the, they line you up in... Don't they line you up in by alphabetical by order? S- yeah. Okay. So by the by the time Ypsilanti gets yeah, there... Yeah, the Woohoo! That's right. So. Ipsy pride. Woohoo! It's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, the whole festival down in the park after the uh, commitment ceremony. Right. Right. And yes, oh, and see. so there's that, and that goes on all evening. So dancing in the streets and having a good time, right? Um, <laughs> Lots of vendors, so you can do shopping that. and um, and get all your get all your pride paraphernalia. That's right to decorate <laughs> your office, you know. That's right, and all those accounting offices and lawyers' offices across the across Michigan. So oh, Melissa Farrick's going to be there. Oh, that I didn't, I didn't know, know that. I didn't know that either. And so is Ember Swift. Hmm. Wow, that's a pretty good lineup. Lazy Sunday, Eric Hinman, Ember Swift, Melissa F- uh, Miss L- Melissa Farrick. Sorry. Did uh, I say Etheridge? <laughs> no, you just you almost said Etheridge, but yeah, <laughs> Melissa Farrick, yes. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> but get um, a huge crowd for that. Uh, yes, hello. <laughs> well Jeremy said <laughs> Yeah, really. And we know it's true. <laughs> so, um, and we'll definitely be talking about Melissa Etheridge later on toward the end of the show because she um is promoting a um a tolerance video contest. So we'll be talking about oh. that in oh, about 10 minutes. Um, but you know what? There has been a lot of media about, um, you know, do these pride events really work? Do they not work? Are they for our community? Right. Um, and, and so the advocate has been running some very interesting articles uh, about, uh, about this exact thing. And one of the things that they, they were talking about is there is, um, uh, Michael Levin did a commentary back on the June 6th issue of Advocate, and he was saying that, being that he's a publicity person, mm-hmm. that the, the TV needs these 20 second spots. And so they take the highlights that are going to be the most um, controversial, exactly, and reactionary, radical. radical. That's what I was looking for. The most radical aspect of the of the parade uh-huh. or march, and and he says in that twenty seconds, and they repeat it over and over mm-hmm. every half hour, or in some situations every fifteen minutes. They have this just this reel that just keeps going through, and so that just plummets the, or um, not plummets, but. Um, it pounds into people's heads. Yeah, that's what it's all. That's about. what it's all about. Topless women and men in drag and yep, and bottomless not that there's men. anything yes 
wrong with any of that. Well, but, but that's exactly it, and that's what they, he just keeps he just kept saying that this is not a good image for our, our community, and it really brings us down. Wow! Of course, he got all kinds of reactions. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> so bear with me because I thought this was a really good article. It's almost kind of like my um, what's that Christmas letter um, from that little girl? Like, is there a Santa? What's her name? Mm-hmm. There's a letter that says, you know, is there really uh is there really a Santa Claus? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. That's the one. Thank you, Molly, for saving me once again tonight. <laughs> um and we're uh, Virginia asks, you know, really is there a Santa Claus? Well, you know what? I think that this is um yes, Michael Levine. Their pride does matter. <laughs> and this is what um, Howard Bragman um, responds to Michael saying, first, I have been practicing uh, public relations for almost, for the, for more than 25 years. I've had the honor and privilege of representing nearly every major LGBT organization in the United States, including Christopher Street West, the group behind Los Angeles, Los Angeles's gay pride celebration. I have practiced um, in the parade um, as a publicist and as an honoree, gay businessman of the year, as a marcher and as a, a spectator. You can't discuss the public implications of gay pride without understanding a historical perspective. 30 years ago, when, when these celebrations were in their infancy, our community was invisible. I repeat, invisible. Mainstream news organizations did not cover our community. Our civil rights struggles had no legitimacy. And if we were covered, it usually focused on negative and stereotypical images. Hmm, like they're not doing that now. <laughs> the gay pride parades were our our moment. Our earliest pioneers stood in public and said, I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it. Well, that wasn't the, the language they used necessarily. It was certainly the spirit in which the parades were presented. And in fact, I remember some, when I saw some old footage, they would actually dress up in suits and the lesbians would actually be in long skirts. That they, It was really? a, a below-the-knee skirt. Hmm. Um, a very, like, almost like a prom dress type. It was a very formal uh, thing that they would show up in. Huh. Um, now when we march down Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood, California, a city where the majority of the elected officials are openly gay, it's easy to forget that what's what that what has become an afternoon celebration was once an act of, re- of remarkable courage. And who were we and who were our earliest heroes? Um, they were the very members of our community who had no choice but to be out. The butchest lesbians, the most effeminate men, leather enthusiasts, and our uh, political pioneers. The second point I need to make is that is that day excuse me that gay pride celebrations were not created for the media. They were created for us. They bring us together in droves and they inspire a sense of community. Mm-hmm. No one can go to a gay pride parade and not be amazed at the numbers and the diversity of our people and not feel a sense of kinship and community. Which we were talking about earlier. And right. I even remember my very first gay pride event. I mean, mm-hmm. I was so nervous. I was so scared. Like, what are they going to do to me? And, <laughs> you know, and what's going to happen? And am I going to be shunned? Are they gonna, is this the one that they're going to finally all round us up, you know, and, <laughs> and ship us off to Manhattan? I don't know. Um, you know, it was just one of those things that I really thought was, I mean, what was going to happen? And it ended up being a wonderful event. Yeah. Um, attendance was changed at parade, um, has changed at parades. Thousands of our straight friends are now join us, not to gawk and hold up signs telling us we're going to hell, but to share our celebrations and, and our party. 
Um, and he goes on to say, uh, do the mainstream media need to present a more accurate and balanced picture of our community? Of course they do. They need to get away from the stereotypes and take a, a more balanced look at our every at every community, not just ours. It's hard to do this in the 90-second news story, but we have to keep pressure on them to show realistic and positive portraits of us. A lesbian firefighter, a gay parent with an HIV-positive child, and a transgender teacher sharing textbooks um, and life lessons with children. Um, and I think that that really... that that really is what, it, what it's about, of just where... Um, you know, that we need to be able to talk about this and to be able to rally and let people know who we really are. And, yes, we we, we have all kinds of people in our community, just right. like the straight people have in their community and um, in other communities. All You know, and what are you laughing at me about, Bali? I just like how you said straight people and you just point at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but and, and then I think that that was where, I mean, where we, the, these pride parades are for us. Despite mm-hmm. however the media is going to cover it, we can't control that. We could definitely try to put up another perspective for them. We could try to make some other things that are more newsworthy, but you know they're going to go for that naked butt of that guy up there, or they're going to go up there with a drag queen with the big cleavage, which they all want, or something, you know, really, you know. <laughs> well, and I think that that, I, I honestly feel that that's a positive thing. People need to stop being so afraid of um, mm-hmm. sex and the body. and Yes. I mean, I think that exposes the straights to... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just happened to look at you, Molly. Not <laughs> She's going to go away feeling discriminated. I know. Um, I'm so persecuted. <laughs> I understand now. <laughs> you feel our pain. But yeah, I think that I think that the straight world needs to stop being so afraid of the body and sex. And I think that even if it is a controversial aspect of, of pride, I think that it's good for everyone to see that mm-hmm. over and over again yeah. because it, it makes it not so scary and like, oh, that's so naughty. It makes yes. it more normal. Yes, exactly. And that's what I think is really important is that they – and we're finding this in study after study after study is that those who are t- whose parents are talking about sex, who are talking about this on a regular basis, talking about contraception, mm-hmm. talking about how a child is really made it, it, and how to protect yourself and not being a father or a mother um, until you choose to be, that that seems to be the kids that are not getting pregnant, are not getting the STDs. It's the ones that are not talking about it that are being right. – um, slam shot, right. um, if you will. Um, sorry about that. That was really Freudian. <laughs> so, but talking about marches, and I think that this is this was a really an inspiration for me, and I hope it comes across when I uh, the reaction that I got from it. Was, this was from New York City, and it was a march of protest, a march protest in New York City about home, um, the homophobic violence that's been happening. Um, and I hope I'm saying Kevin's last name correctly, but Kevin Kevin uh, Aviance or Aviance. Um, he was the one that did Aviance. Uh, uh, okay. No, not Aviance. 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 Thank you. Okay, because he did apparently um, uh, the song "Alive," um, which hit the top, top charts in 2002. He also uh, was a singer that included "Give It Up" uh, in 2004, and another one I haven't heard of, "Din Da Da," um, <laughs> that was in 1997. 
so I don't know about that. It was in the Billboard dance charts. But anyway, so uh, Kevin uh, Aviance, uh, recovering from a vicious gay bashing a week ago. So this was uh, this was printed or it hit the wires on June 18th. So this was probably June 11th or so. Um, so this month. Uh, uh, so he was recovering from... York? In New York, um, has made a surprise appearance appearance at a West Village demonstration protesting the rise in violence against members of New York City's LGBT community. Hundreds of people showed up at the rally and mar- and march on Saturday. Av- Aviance's jaw is still wired, the result of a broken jaw he suffered when he was attacked by by a four by four young men as he left the Phoenix bar. His leg is still in a brace and he continues to suffer from considerable amount of pain. Quote, you can't keep a good queen down, Aviance told the crowd, <laughs> but he warned against meeting violence with violence. He we can't fight any of these people with the arms and bullets and drama we have the we have to fight all um all these people with love every every single day he said um the force apparently four suspects have been arrested in aviance's attack um and are charged with first degree uh gang assault and first degree assault as a as a hate crime in the attack on the 30 year 38 year old drag performer um but apparently what happened was that it was said that they um that they came up from behind him and or they were, excuse me they fo- were following him out of uh the bar and uh yelling at him uh, derogatory names um it says that they threw two garbage bags and a paint can at the singer uh before surrounding him, surrounding and attacking him the the defendant repeatedly punched the defendants repeatedly punched and kicked uh, Aviance in the face and body uh, the complaint says, uh, causing a broken jaw, bruised knee, and other injuries. And so I thought that that was something where it's just like, you know what, he still, as in much pain as he was, mm-hmm. was still willing to, um, to, to get to up there up. Yeah. And, and say something. And I just was really inspired by that. Um, um, and, and just was like willing to, get, to go out there and do something. And. Well, and if that's happening in New York, which is our, um, which is a very very liberal city. Uh huh. I mean, w- w- how can people say that we don't need legislation and don't need, right? You know, hate crime laws and I mean, Manhattan. It's Manhattan. Right. It's so liberal, and it's still happening there. Yeah. I know that there are more people and all that stuff, but. Right. But I think that that's exactly it. As you'd think that that would be the most safest place mm-hmm. um, for gay rights and it has probably the most gay rights and the most conversation that's happened about being okay that it's you can't even go... It's a non-issue. In. Right. You would think it would be a non-issue, that you could go into a bar, be who you are, and and still be accepted. Right. I mean, and when I was there in March, it, I had no issues at all. I didn't feel at all threatened or uncomfortable in any way. Mm-hmm. But... The fact of the matter is that even in an arbor, this kind of stuff happens. So exactly. we do exactly. need to keep fighting for our protection and make right. sure that we're taking care of each other, too. Exactly. And accepting each other for who we are, mm-hmm. despite what might be different. Right. And, and so we're going to play. You drink champagne and it tastes like Coca-Cola. C-O-L-A, Cola. She walked up to me and she asked me to dance I asked her her name and in a dark brown voice she said hello Hello, 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 
we're back. Yay. Woo-hoo. So, yeah. So that was, we're, um, we're trying to expand our uh, uh, horizons, adding music to the show and things. So, Molly, thank you for adding it. Before the show, I was like, Molly, I have no music. What to do? Like, this is, so she was, like, wonderful and helping me pick up some music. Um, and then like tons of shoes from and then she was like what are we playing next but anyway but one of the things is that and so with all of this I w- there is a hundred thousand dollar prize for the best video on tolerance current tv wants to get a message out about tolerance and a, an, appre- an appreciation of diversity and it's asking viewers to help the channel in partnership with the nonprofit new york-based third millennium foundation said wednesday it is sponsoring a summer video contest seeds of tolerance aimed at promoting understanding and with a $100,000 prize for the top film. Uh, judges include Paul Haggis, Edward Norton, Melissa Etheridge, and Margaret Cho. Um, uh, Melissa actually says, I commend Current TV for recognizing that it is our different... Our differences that make us stronger and are encouraging young people to embrace the spirit of tolerance. Uh, Current TV, which is already makes viewer videos a significant part of their programming, said that the contest is open to filmmakers 18 and older of all levels of experience. So contact current.tv slash tolerance. Again, that's current.tv slash tolerance. Um, and they're accepting, uh, accepting these, uh, films up till August 15th. Um, and I believe this is the one that Al Gore put together with um, uh, Joel Hyatt um, and uh, for current TV. So um, definitely have that happen. And if you want to do something much more locally, uh, Closets Are For Clothes, Closets Are For Clothes, yes, us, we are looking for co-hosts. So you could be what Jeremy was here for me tonight, <laughs> um, helping us out and um, being a regular guest um, on our show, a regular co-host. Then you can send um, closet to Closets Care of the Station here at WCBN at 5.30 SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48109. And if you could send us a demo tape and like a one-page um, paragraph or letter or whatever saying why uh, why you should be a co-host, co-host on Closet Suffer Clothes. So we would love to hear from you. We'd love to get some demo tapes and some um, and, uh, and to find out more about people who are wanting to be co-hosts. And also, if you want to find out more just about the station, you can come to training at four. It's a good way to find oh, out. Oh, yeah. Tape. That's true. Exactly. Good point, Molly. And so you can find out this information on WCBN.org and um, where to submit the stuff. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. So, um, and we are definitely looking for um, a couple co hosts to help Christy and I with the show because uh, Meredith and Greg are leaving us. Um, and I can't, I can't always have Greg come or uh, Jeremy come in. Jeremy, thank you from Washington <laughs> Rainbow Action Project. You can see See them over in Bron Court, find out what they're up to, and bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into Closets Are Foreclosed on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734 763 3500. That's 763 3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530 SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan. 48109. Or at our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan 48198. The views and opinions expressed on Closet Surfer Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace.
I would like some music that kicks me in the face.